What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos currently ages 8 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. I'm really excited for you to meet today's guest, Brett Getze. This guy is passionate about fatherhood. He has a blog and an Instagram called Full Dad Mode, where he shares about family, about food, and about how to fix things. And I would add fun because when you go take a look at this guy, he loves his family deeply and he loves to have fun with them. He takes them along the adventure and he is full dad mode, engaged in being the man that he was designed to be. Enjoy meeting my friend, Britt. Well, cool, man. Well, let's jump right into it. Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. Here we go. Um, just to get people a little bit more understanding of who you are, just rapid fire a couple questions at you. Um, how old are you? Oh, gosh. That's a that's a good question. I think I'm 37. I think. Okay. It's so funny <laughs> because it should be simple, but I, I'm 37 as well. Uh, 1983? Uh, 84. 84. So it, but, but at February. So February. I think Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're 37. So, but I am like, dude, I I've been answering people. I'm 38, uh, because I forget. So don't feel, don't feel caught off. So, so 37, how many years you've been married? Gosh, it'll, it'll be uh, nine years in July. Okay. Nice. And how many on the decade? uh, next? There you go. Yeah. Nice. And how many kiddos do you have? Yeah. So we have three kids. I've got a six-year-old daughter and a boy, girl, twin, two-year-olds that are going to be three also in, in July. And they're two. Yeah, and they're we two did, right And it's a boy, girl, and they were born in July. Remind me of the date. Uh, so it's uh, the 16th. I always kind of stumble over it because it was 7, 16, 18. So it's kind of one of those uh, jumping numbers. But yeah, yeah so yeah. Um, I do know my kids. It's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you know, it's such a similarity. You know, we have twins, a boy and a girl that were also born in July, but they are going to be 12. Oh my gosh. In just a couple of weeks. So we are wow. definitely, you know, through that stage. But I remember, man, the first two years, we call it the dark year. Um, we had four under four and do not remember much. Uh we Isn't that fascinating? Much. Isn't it fascinating? I, I call it like sometimes like uh, blacking out with it. With it sometimes <laughs> where like young parents will like ask me, you know, what was it like from even you know zero to six months? And like, I, like I don't after you. I'd love through, to tell you. Yeah, yeah, but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but then if you go through it again, it's just like rote. Like you, 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 you figure it out and and you do it. Um, and it's great and hard, but uh, worth it. Yeah. So will there be any more kids, uh, in the family or no? Uh, I don't know. It, we go back and forth. It's yeah. a, a, a 50, 50. We, we, yeah, it's we tough. We, know. we went back and forth. Um, but we decided we're going to do one more selfishly because we wanted to have another boy, which we did not. We had a girl, but we also, um, we also wanted to remember having babies is fun. And, you know, we waited, uh, we waited a bit and it was such a fun season for us because we felt like pros. We only had one. See, that's the other thing. It's kind of sketch too, is the, the chances of multiples again is higher, right? <laughs> so you've got that right. other thing weighing on you. Like, dude, another <laughs> set of two. That sounds uh-huh. terrible. <laughs> terrible. I know. Um, okay, cool. So where do you live? What state uh, area? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I, I live in Minnesota. Uh, both my wife and I were, were born and raised in, in Minnesota, and that's where we live now. Uh, we live in a, a, a suburb outside of uh, Minneapolis, about um, 30 minutes uh, outside of uh, the Minneapolis okay. area. Cool. And then what do you do for a living? Yeah, so I work in marketing. Um, I work for uh, for Target um, in, in marketing and marketing measurement. So that's kind of my, uh, my day job. And then... Um, 
yeah, uh, outside of that, I, um, in my, my free time, enjoy spending time with, with my family and, and started this blog called, uh, full, full dad mode. Yeah. So um, give me, um, give me a little, you know, 30 to 60 second. I'm sure it'll come up a few more times, but yeah. that's how we connected is your, your Instagram full dad mode. So what is that? How'd you start it? And mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So full dad mode, it's a blog. It's really all about making the most of life as a parent from having fun, making memories as a family to putting good food on the table uh, mm. for family dinners and, and DIY and how to guides for fixing things around the house. So, you know, the hope is that I can help make some of those projects easier for families so that they can, you know, get back to spending time in their family and, um, and help out there. So, um, yeah, I've got a website, fulldadmode.com, as well as uh, I'm on Instagram and, and YouTube and Pinterest. Um, I failed horribly at TikTok, but we're getting there. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, so, yeah. I actually just downloaded. Nope, I did not download TikTok. I downloaded Snapchat just so I could talk to my 15-year-old more. Sure. Um, all right. So when you think about fatherhood, what has been a good resource for you? So, you know, you have a six-year-old, you have twins. Through the process of becoming a father or a couple of the stages you've been in, what have been a good resource to you? Yeah, so I'll say a couple things on this. Uh, It's a great question. Um, I would say the number one resource I've, I've, I've got is my wife. We are, we're partners. She's an incredible leader in, in our house as both a, a wife and a mother, but also in work life. Um, she sets a great example for our kids and what it means to have a career and work-life balance and showing you can uh, have both. Um, and she's really a, a visionary leader for us um, in kind of the short term and long term. She's way better at like goal setting than, than I am. So she kind of sets that vision, that direction. And then, you know, we've kind of learned in this partnership, you know, we're, we're equal. Um, and where I play strongly is kind of in, in execution. I've learned how to, um, you know, execute the plan that we build together. Um, and, you know, we're just great partners and, um, you know, she'll be jokingly, she'll be the first to tell you, uh, uh, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, but I, <laughs> candidly, um, it, it's true. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm so it that. sounds like, like yeah, you know, is. you know, the question is, what has been a good resource to you? And you're leaning into this partnership, this equal balance relationship you have with your spouse. What's been the secret to that or the foundation to having that? You know, you were married for three years before uh, you were what, about 20, 28, 29 or so. So mm-hmm. you had kind of, you know, lived a bit of your 20s. Um, what would you say is the piece that makes you such a good team? Uh, it, it's really, it, it all comes down to, to communication. Um, I, I mean, that's, it, it sounds simple, but it's not, I'm not a great, um, uh, a communicator. I'm actually kind of a, an introvert at, at heart and, um, actually just, backstory and an only child. And, um, so I didn't have a lot of, you know, communication with, uh, with siblings like she does. She, she's uh-huh. got a very close family and, and they talk a lot. Um, so that's really pushed me to, to open up more, um, and just be open and, and talk about, uh, issues and, and expose your kids to the fact that it's okay to have some, some conflict and that can be healthy if you resolve it. Um, and showing their kids that that's okay, I think is something that, uh, you know, is a, a, a big secret uh, sauce, I guess you could say to, to our family is that, that open dialogue talking about what's going on in, in each other's days and our kids days um, being actively engaged. So you have a lot of communication between the two of you and mm-hmm. it sounds like you're open to that. Now yes. you said that you were a, um, only child and maybe didn't feel like you were taught that open communication. So did you always want that? Is it easy for you to lean into that? Are you learning it? What desire do you have to learn it? Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm learning. Um, I don't know that I always, uh, I, I guess I always wanted kind of a, a sibling, but um, you know, you, you don't know what you don't have, I guess. And right. so, um, you know, to that end, I, I would say I've always just been of the mindset of, of, 
of enjoying um, learning and growth and, and being open to, to new experiences. So I think that's been an, a, an element that I kind of want to make sure to get across to some of your listeners too, is just be open to, um, to, to growth. And I understand that I don't have all the answers by any means. And I'm sure sometimes I probably portray that on social media and, and because I'm kind of a perfectionist, but uh, I, I by no means um, have all the answers. And I, I, think it's okay to embrace that. Um, and yeah. yeah. And I would say like, as far as the resources thing too, I think it's important to just utilize, right? Like not everyone's going to have a, a Brooke, Brooke's my wife, um, that, that they can lean on. Um, and so I would say be open to just whatever resources, um, makes sense, right? Like you and I are, are connected via social media and, 10 years ago, that this probably this conversation probably wouldn't be happening. Right. Um, so there's there's avenues through social media. You've obviously got podcasts like this one. Clearly, if you've got listeners like you do, um, your listeners are open to to learning new things. Yeah, growth minded people for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Audible websites like it's just it's there. I think it's just upon uh, you know us as 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 dads and parents and leaders to be open to it and then take the step forward to um, utilize those resources to grow. Yes. Something that I think is interesting about your answer to the question is, you know, we could say this podcast or a book or my church or whatever, you know, get a lot of answers. Um, And I, I think that that's great. A lot of resources. It's almost a little crippling. Like there's too much out there. So sometimes there's so many voices Mm -hmm. that your own voice gets drowned, gets drowned out. And, you know, if we lean into your initial answer of you're in your wife's relationship, it wasn't that you were saying like, I'm a moron and my wife has all the answers. You were saying that together we've leaned into, I'm great at execution and she's great at vision. And so we take our gifts and talents and we bring those to our kids. I think that's really important for dudes to hear because sometimes we'll let other voices drown out our own voice. And, you know, a podcast I just did this last Monday with, with one of my longtime friends, Ian, is talking about how your kid is half of you and how you know them better than anybody can. And then your wife is the other half and knows them. And so the idea that all the answers you need or the answers you need or whatever are mm-hmm. in some other book you got to look inside yourself. And so I think that's, what's really unique about your answer is for dads to go, Hey, yeah, I'm listening to this podcast. Yeah, I'm going to grow, but Ned doesn't have all the answers for me. Britt doesn't have all the answers for me. There's answers that I have because I am uniquely designed for my kids. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's well said. I think, you know, um, I'm kind of a, an academic person too. And, and I, I did well in school because there was usually an answer right? Like mm-hmm. a, a right answer. Yep. You could go um, find it. You could go find it, but it, that's not always the case in, in parenting and, and <laughs> not in at fatherhood all in marriage. And, um, I think I struggled with it too, you know, like trying to find what is, uh, gosh, I mean, if I was being, you know, really candid, you would talk about communication and sometimes I would struggle with that and I'd have to find resources on how do I be a better communicator? And, mm-hmm. um, it, it just, kind of happened through, through practice. I never really cracked the code and I'm always going to be learning in that, that regard, but I'm, I'm humble and and recognize that I'm not perfect at it. And, and that's okay because I'm, I'm trying to take steps forward with it. Yeah. I think that's good acknowledgement. You know, like I'm not a very good listener, but I'm getting better. So I'm becoming a better listener. You said the word practice. So if there's a skill we need, we can go get it, right? So there are skills, you said communication. So how do I become better? Instead of just saying, I'm not a good listener, how do I become a good listener? How do I become a great listener? And so it's something that I'm working on and it's not a destination of like, okay, by the end of 2021, I am going to be the best listener. No, I'm going to be better this year than I was last year. I'm going to continue to grow. So when we think about, you know, some of the things we're talking about as a father, learning, growing, gaining skills, trusting ourselves, in 30 to 60 seconds, what would you say the role of the father is? So when you think about what's the role of the father, what would you say that is? Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a few things. I think it's um, loving and supporting your your family to put their their needs first 
as well as um, being a leader to to push your kids to to try new things and, and teach them how to do things, and then being ever present in in that. Um, so that's how I kind of package it, and happy yeah. to to dive into uh, to to each of those those things as well. What do you think it means to be present with your kids? Because um, so, like we say that yeah. a lot, but what does it really mean to be present with your kids? So if I were to kind of break down some of these things, right, I, I mentioned being a leader, um, pushing your kids to, to try some some new things and new activities and understanding that they're going to be different potentially from your own interests. And I think it's important to expose your kids to try new things, let them grow in areas that they want to grow, acknowledge those differences, and then be have this prevailing presence in in whatever those activities are and i'll kind of share an example from from my childhood and why i thought about this answer was um my dad was just always there for me he went to every single one of my baseball games like even when i was terrible sitting on the bench and like put put my needs and, and interests above his his own and by the way my mom was there too i think that's important but we're talking about fathers but um and, and I just really learned that like no matter what I needed, he was there for me and took an interest in that. And my wife and I talk about that too, with our kids and with whichever direction, whichever sport or activity or, um, you know, art activity, whatever it is, um, we're going to be there for them. And I think that's, that's kind of what I mean on, on the, the presence part. Yeah. So I like that. So you're being present and that doesn't mean that you're, dictating what they're doing with their life. Right. Cause, cause I want to use the word guide, right? Like your dad mm-hmm. is there and it, it's not even that he was out coaching you, you know, telling you how to do it. He was just there. And it seems as though I don't want to even use the word good enough because there's, but that is what it takes. Like is just being there with and for your kid, mm-hmm. letting them learn and grow about who they are. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, that's why I, I kind of, um, as I thought about this, uh, you know, I, I think it is, it is a balance of, of things with, with both that, that leadership element as well as the, the presence, right? Like any one of us could, you know, maybe just sit there and, and, and be someone on the sidelines, but Mm -hmm. I think it takes a little bit more to be a leader and a teacher to, encourage your kids to to go out there and, and get out there in, in social activities. Um, I mentioned being an introvert and and I wish maybe when I was younger I would have been pushed a little bit more in in, in certain areas. Like um, what's an area? What's an area you wish you were pushed more? Uh, in in trying different activities. Um, I mentioned mm. kind of baseball and that's kind of where I landed, but maybe I I could have been encouraged to try other things um, b- besides just just one one sport. And it Got was it. really because, you know, I, I was an introvert. I wasn't necessarily interested in, in doing a lot more. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I mean. I think you have to push your kids. I think it's important to grow their social networks and and push them to um, be actively engaged with not only kind of who they are, but uh, know how to interact with other kids, because I think that instills a sense of confidence in them, um, that I think is, is important. Do you feel confident? Yeah, I, I feel, I feel confident for sure. Um, but it was a, uh, you know, I, I still push myself to be out there, you know, creating yeah. social media videos is not something that like comes naturally, um, to me. So like, again, I see myself pushing myself and the benefits that I get from it in, in confidence. Um, I think it's rad for our kids to see that, right? I think it's rad for our kids to see us push the limits and be, and, and be confident because they are going to, whatever hurdles we, we cross, as long as we're not doing it in secret or doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, avoiding the family, I think that they really dig into seeing the men that we are and the ones that we're becoming, right? This whole idea of of becoming and growing because Mm -hmm. that's what life is, right? The enjoyable part of life is progress. You know, it doesn't stop when you're 18. It's like it continues on. But I think that we're the ones who set that tone for our kids, not be stuck in our ways. Yeah. And one, one additional thought on that too, is, you know, being open to, to, to growing and having that confidence in, I think a a positive way. Um, As I was thinking about this too, um, 
you know, I think it's important for our ki- for us to instill confidence in our kids so that they know who they are and have some good moral ground so that when they are of age and are on Snapchat or TikTok and, and being exposed to things that might be um, outside of, of what might align with their, their moral compass, mm-hmm. they know, okay, I don't need 100,000 likes to be validated, to be confident in who I am. Um, right. So I'm not going to go post something that's outside of, of who I am. Um, so that that's just another angle that I I, I think is is um, is important. Yeah, I mean, for us to teach our children who they are, to be confident in who they are, where they come from, what's a foundational set of values, and why, not just because, mm-hmm. but like here they are, and then that self awareness piece to go. This crosses a boundary for me because I have a foundation that was set for me, and I understand it. Um, Yeah, dude. Love it. Um, All right. When you think about the last six years of being a father, what have you learned about yourself? You know, when you have a marriage, it's very clear that there's, there's friction and conflict and you're confronted with things about yourself you may not like and that you want to grow in, whether that be, you know, communication, which you brought up. But when you have children, you're also confronted with either I'm not as patient as I thought I was, or I see this in my kid and it's a reflection of me and I, I like it or I don't like it. So what's something that you've learned about yourself in being a father? Yeah, I, I love this question. Um, and, and as we were kind of talking about the, um, the joy of fatherhood of how it can be a, a, a rewarding experience for yourself as well as uh, influencing others. Um, I, I see two areas where um, where I've really learned a lot about myself. I think number one is I like to to storytell and capture moments with with video and, and pictures, um, family moments. Then um, the second part is that I'm I'm realizing that I'm I'm not perfect. Um, so to break down number one, you know, I've always had this intuition and. In, that I see these moments as fleeting with my kids. And I always want to, to capture mm-hmm. them um, and, and enjoy them. I think, you know, back to that presence, um, why presence is important. But um, so I constantly find myself um, reminding myself of that. And so I want to capture it in, in pictures and videos. And I think I get a lot of that from my grandma. Um, she used to, to take pictures when we were at family gatherings to the point where it's like, oh man, grandma, come on, like another picture. Um, but it was really powerful. And I think she understood that, that too, and loved her family. Um, so I think I learned that I like that element about myself and, and capturing moments and memories. And then the, you know, on the opportunity side, I also learned that I'm just, I'm not perfect. I, um, you know, we talked about uh, the number of kids that we have. And after our first, my wife and I thought, oh my gosh, we've got this parenting thing on lockdown. Like, our daughter's <laughs> sleeping through the night at two months. She's listening to us. She's potty training. Like, this is so great. And we're such great parents to then fast forward when we had these twins and it totally hit the fan. Like, yeah, you shouldn't know, get so cocky with the universe like that. I know. Right. It was so humbling that I just, it was like, wow, I have to, to flex and try different approaches to, to mm. get them to, to listen. Um, and that was something that I, I really, I still will always need to, um, to, to learn and push myself to grow in as being more flexible, trying different approaches. Um, I get a lot of that benefit from my, from my wife as she sees me parenting and might say, Hey, why don't you try this approach, um, or that approach or, uh, and it goes both ways. We, we both have to compliment each other uh, on that, but, um, it, it's, uh, definitely a, been a, a great, great learning to uh, be flexible and try different things. Yeah. Pretty interesting when, you know, I think we all have this desire for this perfect life. Um, but in that perfect life, you know, the reality is, is life isn't perfect. But when you look back at the struggle moments, right. When you're like, Oh my gosh, you're confronted. You're in the wrestle, you're in the grind, you're tired, you're figuring it out. Like those are the things that shape us. Those are the things that make us the men and the human beings that we are. And we almost, when you're in it, it sucks. But when you look back, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, like this is a war story. And it, it means something to me because it, it, there's some cuts and some bruises and some things that, that shaped who I am. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I think we need to lean into that more. You know, my hope for myself is, is that when I'm in the struggle that I would enjoy it a little bit more um, and not just want it to be over. Yeah. I think that's pretty powerful. I, it's, I, it's in, a very insightful comment. Uh, I, I don't think about it that way. I think uh, enough is, is enjoying that, that, um, that struggle or looking back on it. Um, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could all grow in it. Um, <laughs> all right, man. The, the podcast is fatherhood field notes. We're doing it right. We're just opening up your life and sharing some, some of the highs and the lows. The mantra is rebel and create, and you, you know what it means, but, uh, it could apply to something small, something big. What is something that you Brit are rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? Yeah, I, I love it. Um, I would say that I'm rebelling against uh, traditional gender stereotypes when it comes to to being a mother and a a father in the traditional sense. I've talked a lot about my wife. Uh, We're 50-50. We're partners and and equals. We're both providers. We both make decisions. Um, She might be a high-level thinker, and I'm kind of more on the execution side, but that works for us. I go to the same amount of doctor's appointments, dentist appointments. I change as many, if not more diapers, right? Like I'm in the trenches, we're in the trenches together. Um, and, you know, so I'm, I think we're rebelling against what it means to have the traditional sense of, of, of mother, father roles. Um, and I think that there's a lot of pressure sometimes that are put on, on parents, especially women, um, when it comes to, you know, needing to um, bounce back from, from, from pregnancy, right? Like I don't have to deal with it, with that as a father and I, I'd be terrible at it. I terrible at getting a cold. <laughs> I know but, we're such babies when we get I sick. I know, right? Uh, um, but I think, you know, surely like um, women don't need to have all the answers and, and I'm rebelling too, because a lot of times it's like how many mom blogs are there out there with recipes and DIYs and you know, I'm doing that as as a, a father and still have a full-time job doing it. Um, and some of your listeners might be stay-at-home dads, and that's awesome too. Like, um, there's no set course that, that you need to follow. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, it works for us. You don't have to be imperfect and embrace the journey. Yeah, so when you think about that, I I agree, but I want to dig into the conversation a little bit. You know, I think the idea of, you know, when we say this traditional mom and dad role, we think, you know, dude leaves at seven, gets home at six, works, throws the baseball around, mom stays home, cooks, cleans, does all the school stuff. Like, I get that, right? I get mm-hmm. that that world has just changed a bit. Um, and, but, but what do you think, you know, what, what do you think are the differences then in a father's role versus a mother's role? Because yes, we're equal. Um, but would you speak to that at all? Do you, do you see any differences, um, in the father's role versus the mother's role? And while you think about that for a minute, I'll throw out, I'll throw out a couple of thoughts, um, as I don't have this nailed down, but I am clearly much harder on my son than I am on my daughters. And Mm -hmm. my wife is much harder on my daughters than she is on my son. You know, so clearly, and maybe that's just our personalities or maybe there's something innate about that, you know? And if there is something innate about that, it's like, I know that this boy is going to have to be a man and there's going to be challenges he's going to come across. And now, I wouldn't say I'm overly like hard on him, but I am definitely harder on him than my wife is because she sees her little boy that she loves and she takes care of, right? He's 11. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then my girls, it's like, I am their protector. I am like not going to let anything happen to them. But then my wife knows like they're going to have to toughen up and be women and, and, and come across stuff that isn't going to be fair and whatnot in the world. So it's just interesting. Like, as I hear, People bring up that we're equal. I agree. Like my wife is a stud and I know that your wife is too. And there's this equal balance of like, but there are some areas where I'm stronger than her. And there's some areas that she's way stronger than me. So there is this reliant when you're 50, 50 or a hundred, hundred, whatever, 
that mm -hmm. you have to rely on each other's strengths. And some of it's just personality. Some of it might be masculine versus feminine. So anyways, mm -hmm. as I spit all that out, I didn't prep you with that question. Is there any thoughts you have around that? Hmm. That's a, a really good question. I think, um, I think it's important to, to recognize, uh, recognize differences. Um, I think it's important to, you know, recognize differences between, um, you know, male, female, um, you know, see differences in, um, kind of just who we are kind of physically there. Um, I don't have a lot to add on, on it, frankly, like, um, our, our relationship kind of works. We're, we're partners. We talk things over. Um, so, you know, I know that there's obviously just innate differences, right? Like I, I see it in, in my kids where they, um, are, my, my boy tends to, to, you know, more like to play with, you know, trucks and cars and he's in, uh, primarily female household because he's got two two sisters with a lot of dolls and they tend to play with dolls. So I think I think it's important to kind of like recognize and understand that there's some innate differences, but then to the the end goal, um, those differences don't have to necessarily define you or, or who you're going to become. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's good to acknowledge though because as much as I love e equality. I think that sometimes in the conversation of equality, we're stripping away some of the identity and it makes us stumble as a man and or a woman to go, okay, well, if we're all so equal, what are we stripping away that we shouldn't be? Like we want things to be fair. We want things to be equal, but that doesn't mean that I strip away certain identity pieces. So let me you know, like I think of my twins, when Brody and Presley, Brody's a boy, Presley's a girl, when they were like, dude, 14, 15, 16 months old, I'd be on the couch and I'd push Brody over. Like he'd be, you know, starting to kind of stand on the couch. I'd push him over. Maybe they were in younger and he'd start laughing. Mm -hmm. I push Presley over. She would start crying to her. And, and, and some of it could be her tender personality. Yes. But I would say that some of that is their feminine masculine is that he was ready for dad to wrestle with him. And she was ready for dad to hold her and protect her. So, you know, yeah. that's not like a science experiment with a thousand babies, but those are my kids. So let me yeah. ask you this question then, and then I'll leave you alone about this. Is there anything in your guys's relationship where you tend to be the one who has the final say or makes the final decision? And then there's other situations where she has the final say or final decision. And then with that, is that having to do with anything masculine versus feminine or is it just how things have been set up? Um, I think it's kind of how, how things have been set up. The, the final, the final decision. Um, I, I think a lot of it, um, you know, it depends if, if you were to, to ask my kids uh, this question, I'd be interested to see what, what they say, um, because I think a lot of times it might be presented um, or they might think that, oh, mom makes the decisions because she's kind of the visionary leader. Um, but really behind, I mean, they're not really closed doors because we're open with our kids, but we talk about um all of our, our big decisions, whether, whether it's like finance, whether it's jobs, like um, whether it's, you know, how we're raising our kids, where we could be better. Um, the, the, the like dad chooses this mom chooses this. I mean, you know, we, we have different delegations in, in certain things. Like I tend to, you know, do finances more and, and pay the bills and um, paperwork and taxes and things like that. But um, I bring my wife along for, for decisions. I'm not, I bring recommendations, but it, it, it really is a, a unique um, partnership. Do you think that it's unique or do you think that most marriages should be like that, but one of them's passive? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, I definitely, I, I Good call. I don't think it's necessarily unique. I think it just works for us. Um, but do you but, think, again, with that, do you think that it should just work for you or do you think that that's how a marriage should actually be? Uh, I, you know, I don't think there's one right answer, really. I think but, there's... But some... hang on. But you think... But uh, 
I would argue that if one is just not a part of any of the decision-making process, then they're passive mm-hmm. and they're not engaged. Like if we're sure. supposed to be a married couple engaged and, and leading this family, then I would say if the man is l- leading too heavy handed, then he's overpowering his wife and then he's not setting a good example for his kids. Mm-hmm. And if a woman is overpowering and making every decision, the man's just like allowing himself to be castrated and not having a voice, you know, yeah. like you, you know, those couples, it's like the dude's passive and he's not yeah. engaged. And then what is he teaching his son? What is he teaching his daughters? Like there isn't, there isn't another voice. Cause we need both. Like I am totally with you. We need both, but I would say that it is, it shouldn't be unique. It should be for everybody. And I know that's not what you're saying. You're saying like, we've got this communication thing. Like we're working it, we're working it mm-hmm. out. And I would say as dudes listen to this, they should be leaning into that same thing. Like, that's a marriage Two people with tension, figuring it out, letting their kids see it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's definitely a, a, a balance. And, and I think that there, there could be some areas where it could be, you know, uh, one person makes all these decisions. I don't know. I, I just, yeah, it hasn't been our, our experience, but I think you make up a really good point on the 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 participation in it the mm-hmm. the voice having a voice in it showing that there is a place for for dialogue and and what that means i think is a, a really um important piece and an important thing to to share with our kids yeah you know and i'll just share for myself is Traditionally in our home, I have made all the finance and the the work business decisions and I've worked and my wife has made all of the school decisions. And I feel as though I may have been a little passive in that to some degree or just kind of like let her do it because all my decisions were being made elsewhere. So I didn't have the capacity or maybe I was passive and not digging into the education piece. But this past year, you know, I was really struggling with making a big decision and she's like, hey, this is uh, this is what I want, but I'm going to, I'm going to support you. And I don't even, cause I don't want to say, I almost said her say her saying, I'm going to let you make the decision. And that's not what it was. It came down to, this is a really tough decision about where our kids are going to go to school. Mm-hmm. And I want you to make this final decision. And it was super hard for me. Um, but it, it allowed me to lean more into, okay, like what do I want longevity wise for my kids' education? We had a ton of dialogue. I remember this one hour and a half setting, we're both sitting on the floor of my office. There were some tears. There's some frustration. There's some, and it was, it was like really into it. And then it was like, all right, you have to decide like right now, you know? Um, and I even made the joke. I wanted to flip a coin, you know, but that's even me kind of like passing the buck because then if I flip the coin, then it's like, ah, oh, fate let us down. Not dad let us down. We shouldn't have chosen the school. You know, and so I think sometimes as men, we may avoid making decisions because if it doesn't work out, we don't want to be blamed. That could also just be me not wanting to be blamed. But yeah, regardless, this last, you know, 10 minutes of our conversation around the idea of rebelling against these traditional views of of husband, wife, and really creating a marriage that's like yin and yang, working together, communication, leaning into the tension. I think that, that what you're rebelling against is beautiful in what you want to create. And my hope is that other men and fathers listening to this really want to lean into that tension too, you know, because that marriage tension is real mm-hmm. and it's easy to be overpowering and it's easy to be passive, but to have the balance like you're talking about, yeah, that's the, that's the art. And it's probably going to take us forever, our whole lives navigating that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I just want to be clear, like, I do not have it figured out. Our marriage is not not perfect. I don't think there is is one, but I acknowledge Agreed. that, right? Yeah. And I think it's important to just acknowledge that, acknowledge you've got opportunities. And I talked a lot about partnership and, and equality, but that doesn't mean to lose your voice. Um, mm. I, that means, you know, bring your point of view out there and say, here's what I want. Here's what I think. What do you think? Right. But you have to have both of those be open to the, what do you think? I'm not always good at that. I'm not always even good at stating my opinion. Right. But like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like those are, I think still some important, I think there's some important lessons that, that can be learned there too. Yeah, for sure. Why are we so obsessed with perfect? 
like you, you say the word, you know, we're kind of obsessed with like, oh, we have the perfect marriage or the perfect kids, whatever. And, and just like we talked about when you had your twins, it's like the messy struggle of life is really the best part. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's right. That's how we grow. You, you grow from, from challenges and overcoming them together. Um, if, if, if you can resolve a fight, you'll be stronger than, um, you know, if you sweep it under the rug, um, I don't know, I feel like I'm giving marriage advice, but, but, uh, right. But even, you know, resolving conflict with your kids, I think it's important to, to acknowledge that and be, um, be open to, uh, to imperfection, struggles, failures, um, cause that's, that's the growth mindset. That's how you grow. Yeah. And you know, you, you made the, the kind of joke comment, you're giving marriage advice and this is a fatherhood podcast, All right. but I want to really be so acknowledging of the fact that our marriage relationship, how we show the working together, the, how to have differences, how to solve conflict. That is the primary way that our children are going to learn those things is based on that relationship. You know, I truly believe that marriage relationship is so critical for our world in the sense of community in teaching our children how it is to work and play and get along with kids and other people. And then one day their own marriages, you know, so fatherhood is easy to swallow, right? Or it's easy to say, Hey, let's talk about fatherhood. It's another thing to say, let's talk about marriage. There's a lot more weight that comes with that. But in a lot of these conversations, marriage comes up because it's such a critical component to the whole thing of fatherhood, right? The, the, yeah. the way that you treat your children's mother, whether you're married to her or not, is critical to your children's life's stability. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One, 100% very eloquently said. I like it. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. So, so to talk about, you can't really talk about fatherhood without, without talking about either marriage and, or that relationship between, between the two, the two parents. Um, dude, I have just had so much fun talking fatherhood with you before I ask my last question. Is there anything else that you'd like to lean in any stories, anything that you'd like to, to talk about? Before I ask my final question, you know, you, you've got the twins, you've got the full dad mode. Um, you've got a lot going on as, as a, as a father, um, who's really embracing the journey. So anything else come to mind that you want us to dig into before we do the last question? Um, I, I think, I think we've covered, um, covered most of it. I feel like I kind of wove in, um, my, my stories, uh, where, where I could, um, so, you know, I think one of the, I guess, last uh, last areas that I, I haven't necessarily gone into was, you know, maybe this the, the concept of of being a teacher and, and and teaching your kids. I think it's important to um, teach them how to be good people, how to be self sufficient, so that someday they can spread their wings, right, and and leave the nest. Um, and, you know, I think that's one thing that uh, one of the reasons and why I kind of focus some on full dad mode on the the how to's and the DIY stuff, because um, I'm the son of a builder. My dad was a home builder and I learned a lot um, from from that. And I like to share that um, mm. because I know not everyone had a, a father that said, here's how you right use a hammer, or a saw the right way to to put something t together. I'll never forget when I was a kid. Um, and sometimes we take that for granted. When I was a kid, um, we were watching the news and there was some storm uh, happening. Um, a hurricane was coming in and on the news, they were showing, you know, shop owners boarding up shop. And someone I think was like using a hammer to, to, um, for, on a screw or something like that. And I was like, dad, look at that. And he's like, son, you know, like, not everyone's a builder. Not everyone knows how to mm. do that. And I think that was just pretty cool to just think and 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 know that, you know, I'm blessed with some gifts there that I, I show. I'd, I'd like to show my son to say, hey, look at this, you know, cool wall that I built or this cool door that I put up and look at how many other people are, have learned to do it because daddy did it. You know, so I, I think that's just a, a an element that I kind of wanted to share that we hadn't uh, quite covered on the teaching part. Yeah, I think it is so critical to be aware that your kids are watching you 
that you are a teacher to them and that you have something to teach, right? You might say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go work on the car, but don't come out here, son or daughter. You know, it's like, dude, you're missing a huge opportunity yeah. even to have them, you know, go outside and work on the yard with you or fix something in the house. It might take you twice as long, right? Yes. It might take you twice as long, yeah. <laughs> but you're getting a hundred times more value out of it. I mean, mm -hmm. instead of I'm just under the sink, pissed off, you know, trying to fix this thing. I have my kid under there handing me a tool. And when you say, oh, no, not the Phillips, the flathead. Yeah. Like you might just think uh, this. But now they're going, oh, this is this. This is that. And, mm -hmm. you know, how old are you when when you're noticing it's a screw versus a nail? I mean, right. kid. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't. Way yeah. young, I don't even know, right? You're like, young, but I you remember sense, it. Yeah, but I remember it, yeah. You remember it and you go, your life was being shaped through your mm -hmm. dad's willingness to allow you to be part of what he was doing. Yeah. And at the, and, the patience that that takes too, right? As as a dad to it, and very insightful on, on your point, Ned, too, is just... To, to think bigger picture of that, you're right. The project is going to take you longer. It can be frustrating, right? Like you yeah. want to go out and do something else maybe. Um, but if you use it as an opportunity to to embrace it and, and enjoy that and, and teach something, I think that you're going to be better in the long run. Yeah. And I mean, it could be the smallest thing, right? Like you run into Lowe's or Home Depot and I get it. It's so easy to say, okay, kids, wait in the car. I'll be right back. And you blast right. in there five, six minutes, you come out. Or to walk in there and get the stupid car that the kids want to sit in, right? The yep. cart in yeah. there yeah. and go down the aisle and you're like, all right, check it out. Read this sign. Okay, we're going to go down the plumbing. All right, check out these fittings. We're grabbing. I mean, all of those things, that's the stuff. Like that's the stuff that matters. I think we put too much weight on the, okay, I worked all year so we could go to Disneyland for a week or to Hawaii for a week yes. or for this. And yep. we're thinking that's the thing. But what they're going to remember is all the little in-between stuff. Like that's our life right? There's 51 mm -hmm. other weeks that we're doing things and we could be doing them with our kids. So dude, I just think, you know, like everything you're building with full dad mode is, is really credit to your dad in that he allowed you to watch him. And now you're trying to do, or not trying, you're doing that same thing with your kids and sharing it with other dads. And I think what a, what a beautiful thing to be able to share. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It, um, I think you're right. I think that you hit on something too on, on the piece around, right, the, the, the vacations, right? And we talked about the concept of perfection and, you know, not every day is a vacation day, right? Like those are intentional, you know, for fortunate enough a, a week or something, right? Um, but it's those day-to-day -day moments that brings, you know, growth and establishes who you are as a, as a person. So it's important to, to be present, to use those as teaching moments. So love it. Yeah, same Dude. page. Totally. All right, man. Last question. So legacy question. So imagine, you know, 30 years from now, you are standing in the street, staring into the homes of your children. What is it that you see? And you know that your day in day out decisions, and I think we kind of captured some of this, but what do you see in their homes? And you know that it's a direct result of the work that you've done day in day out as a father. Yeah, I would say, you know, nothing would make me happier than, you know, seeing them having a loving family of, of their own and mm. whatever form that means. If, if they're married, you know, I would love that with kids. Great. If that's what's kind of in their cards and in the plan. Um, but I just, at the end of the day, want them to be happy and instill the same values that, uh, that my wife and I are instilling in, in them. And, uh, and that's just gonna, I mean, I'm just going to be, I'm a wedding crier. Like I'm, I'm just like an emotional guy. So like I'll, I'll cry all the, the, the time. Um, and you know, nothing's made me happier as a father than when I heard my son the other day say, I'm happy. Mm. Like it was just this, like, and I'm crying right now. Uh, right. But it like, it's so innocent, but to hear this yeah. two year old say, I'm happy. Like, I feel like I've won. And dude, you know, because you created that. I mean, you created one, that human being, and then two, you've created an environment where out of an, out of nowhere, your child goes, I'm happy. And you look at, you look at how messy the world is and how hard it can be. And to go, you're doing your part with what was placed in your care, right? 
Like these children were placed in your care, entrusted to you, and you're yeah. doing it. You're doing it. You know, it's not this two-year-old who's going, gosh, I, I wonder if dad's coming home or is yeah. dad coming home yeah. or I hope dad doesn't come home. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those are all yeah, reality. Those are real things. Yep. Yeah. And and you and I and the men listening to this are should be freaking patting ourselves on the back going, dude, you are doing what you were called to do with what was placed in your care. If you can help out around your community a bit more, do that. Fantastic. But your primary goal is to have your two-year-old say, I'm happy because you've created a safe, stable environment in your home for that two-year-old to be able to be a two-year-old. That's what this is Absolutely. about. Right? Yeah. And I love your awful. emotion in it because there's something deep within you that says that this matters. And I'm just right there alongside with you going, yep, this matters. And that's the legacy we want. And when you say it, you know, when you said you want your kids to hopefully have families and and you support that, is that because of the work that you did, if your son has a two-year-old, that he is out of the blue going, I'm happy. And it's because of the work your dad did, the work you did, and now the work your son's doing. And what more could we want as men and fathers? I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the, I don't know, uh, key, key to life, I think is at I least think so. mine, right? If I can yeah. if I do that, I, I, I won. <laughs> yep. Britt, man, keep, um, keep being that intentional father that you are. Keep leaning into that marriage relationship and loving your wife well for your children to see. Um, excited to see what you continue to do with full dad mode and with your family. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, love the podcast. Love Rebel and Create. Thank you, Ned. Thanks for all that you, you've done for having me. Again, just going through this experience, um, it opened up lines of communication with, with my wife going through these different questions. Like I just parting thought would encourage any other dads out there. Think about how you might answer some of these these questions mm. and, and talk to your, your partner about it. Um, it I mean, it really was a, a good thing um, for, for me and my wife. And I just am so thankful for, for having the opportunity. So thanks. Love it, dude. Well, until next time. Yeah. Take care, Ned. What a rad dude. A couple of the things that really stuck out to me were that moments are fleeting to really enjoy the moments with your family, with your children, and then to not try to be the perfect dad. Like, what does that even mean? But just really embrace who you are and and accept that fatherhood is a craft. Thank you so much to Britt. Please go check out his Instagram and his blog, Full Dad Mode. I know you will get some great uh, hacks out of it and great knowledge and a lot of fun. I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, What You Do Matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against a view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And if you haven't already, take a couple minutes and please review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening to it because it helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. Talk to you next time. Thank you.